Well, thank God for John Taffer. Looks like he did it again. That snazzy son of a bitch. Yes, yes, if you don't realize what I'm talking about, John Taffer is the host of a great show called Bar Rescue. I believe it's on the Sci-Fi Network. Or is it uh, FX? Bro TV? I forget what it's called. Uh, it's on Guy Network. <laughs> Guy Network. A place where men can spend their time. Uh, no, really. Uh, it's uh, Bar Rescue, and uh, he, was, uh, he was on fire today. You know, we always, uh, you know, the, the setup of John Taffer and this show is that he kind of, like, stalks the place. Like, he hit, like he sends in, like, undercover people and, like, has cameras and he's videotaping everything. Like, I guess he gets their permission, but it doesn't seem that way. And what he does is he has a professional mixologist or mix, uh, a chef, you know, or something like that that he has that he sits in the, in the van with him or his SUV. And he just analyzes everything that's going on. I mean, they're looking at this small screen, probably the size of an iPad, on their uh, in their in their car, with the lights on in the car. I mean, the whole thing is just a weird situation. You know, you could at least like go to the coffee shop next door or something and just like watch it from there. But like, they want to like look at it in the car. Is he right? Out, and he's usually like right outside, across the street or something. So like nobody sees that this is happening as, as the sh- you know they're undercover and all this stuff. But we, you know, as a viewer, we're watching the show. Everything's just going as smoothly as it can be. You know, he's being a critique and uh, questioning every single thing negatively. You know, obviously everything's a negative, extra negative buzzwords. You know, to make you feel like this place really is a shithole, and it cannot be saved. I mean, just listen to what he's saying. I mean, John Taffer. Oh, this bar is unethical. It's unsanitary. Uh, There are cockroaches running across the freezer. This is unbearable. I'm I'm shutting it down. I'm shutting it down. You are a shitty owner, and nobody loves you. So I'm going to shut this place down. You're going to serve people food when you don't even respect yourself. Look in the fucking mirror, man. This bar is going to tank if you don't get your shit together. Something like that. You know, that's what he's doing. But he's really creepy as he as he looks at the you know, the video on his iPad, you know, with his partner. You know, these fucking guys, like, this guy knows everyone, you know? And they're all experts in the field that he's working in. You know, I I think it's great because this, this, this one, particular place that he did today was called the Bright Star Tavern. It's in off Route 66 in... Uh, California. I forget the damn town, though. Uh, but anyway, it doesn't really matter. I go there if you can. But I think that, you know, this place was like, it was pretty good. I mean, it was a beer bar. And, it, you know, usually they have a lot of problems with the ownership and, like, the bartenders are like assholes and, and everything's dirty and the drinks are, sta- you know, are, are, are old and warm. Uh, you know, all that shit. Like, all these, like, simple fixes. Uh, those are like the issues that are normally there, but this time it was just like the beer wasn't coming out properly. It was only a beer bar, which I thought was pretty interesting because I mean it's not a brewery. It wasn't a brewery, you know that would make sense because then like it's a beer bar, but you're like serving your beer that you yeah, you make and you're inviting people into your work, and you're like, hey, you guys want to try my beer? We'll pay for it. Blah blah blah. 
Throw a live band in there, a game of Jenga. We are set. This is like a bar, though. This is not an actual brewery, so they don't make their own beers there. They just serve other people's beers there. So, I don't know. It, it's a place for people to hang out. But, you know, they didn't seem like there was that much wrong with it. The, the workers seemed pretty pretty good. Maybe one of them seemed a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, somber and not as energetic as the other bartenders there. But, really, there wasn't a whole lot wrong other than the beer itself was coming out incorrectly. Uh, they didn't serve food. So there wasn't really like a food uh, sanitary issue. So I don't know what the hell they even visited this place for. But apparently he was losing a lot of money because like a half the beer was coming out as foam. And you were just wasting a lot of the, the beer. It wasn't going to the customers. It was going in the trash. So that was a loss of profit. So they had to like solve that problem. It was really intense, you know. Fuck. So I don't know. I feel like the show, I always like to look at the, after watching an episode of that, I like to always uh, take a look on Google and see if I can find this place and see how long it's still in business or where they're at now. And, like, I don't know, I tell you, half the time, like, the guys go there, you know, they rescue the bar, and then, like, they decide, nah, you know, this, this idea was stupid. Let's go back to the way it was and just do that. And... You know, I just think it's funny. Like, that it happened in a place in Baltimore. Uh, I don't remember the name of it, uh, but I think it was in Fel- Fells Point. Uh, I think it was called Murphy's Law, and it became something else after that, I believe. I, I, I forget. But, but like, they, they changed it, uh, the theme from, like, pirates to something else, and then they went back to pirates and... Whatever, like, I, I don't know. I'm not saying it was a good idea or a bad idea, but my point was is that this guy comes in, he rescues the, the bar, and then they just go back to doing it the other way. Like, is he really rescuing any of these bars? I, I don't really know because I feel like, no, he's probably not. Like, he goes in there, and, he, and you know, the bar is, like, sinking, and it's like everything sucks because, you know, no one's working hard, and no one's motivated because they're miserable because the bar is dirty, and we all have to work long hours, and there's not enough customers, and they always complain about the food, and, like, everyone's just shitty, and they need to have a facelift and an uplift. So what do they do? They call in the guy. They call in the guy, John Taffer. He comes in, and he yells at everybody, You're a fucking lunatic! You're gonna serve fried rice that's two weeks old! And you're serving it to customers. How do you live with yourself? You piece of shit. I'm shutting this place down. It ends tonight. God damn it. You call this fucking beer? This looks like dirty bong water. Fuck. And then he, like, talks to you, and he, like, he, he kind of goes through all the problems, analyzes, oh, well, this is what the, you know, you're, you're serving food that's too old, or your freezer's not clean, or, you know, something like that. And, you know, legitimate problems, I don't know. You know, I guess you can't have a restaurant or a bar that's not sanitary. I really respect that, you know? But I just, it just doesn't seem like a huge deal, like, in the, in the show. Like, to me, it's like, you're going to save the bar, whatever, you're going to fix all this. So these are small little things, but they do all that. And they and they give it a facelift. The the bars usually look really cool afterward, and uh, you know they always have the highest technology, the highest, the hottest technology, the newest technology. And he always plugs, which is great. He always plugs though. Like I get it, he gives the respect to the to the you know it's a free promotion. 
and their product is probably pretty good. But like, they're he's just selling all their product. Oh, my friends over at, you know, barmagnet.com. You know, they gave you a whole new life system. The light system is all changed up. And you have a six-month subscription for free. Uh, courtesy of me. Don't forget that I fucking, I fucking bought you this. Don't forget. All right? I'm happy to do it. You know, it's my pleasure. You called me. I'm here to help you. But listen to me. I'm doing this for you. Don't forget that. There are no free rides here. I know you called me. I know I'm supposed to help you out. I know I'm making money off of this damn episode. And you're probably going to go out of business. But you goddamn remember that I fucking gave you that. I paid for the bar system. Thank you. Now, look what else it comes with. Stools that come in and out so you can save room when you need to open up the space. But when you need that extra $10,000 a chair, pulls right out. It comes into the bar and ejects out of the bar. Wow. This is going to increase your revenue $5,000 a seat. I meant $10,000 a seat, but there's five seats, so that's $50,000 a seat a night. Yeah, fuck it. You get what I'm saying. So, you know, it, it, it's a good show in the sense that it's fun to watch. It's entertaining. Uh, you know, he's always, uh, he's actually kind of a nice guy, uh, but he just gets angry. And maybe it's not angry. It's just maybe he's frustrated and he puts on a little bit of a show and embarrasses people. I don't really know why he's embarrassing people. Like, I don't know. I think people realize that their bar is not doing so well. They don't need, a, like, a, like, a guy to come in and, you know, a cheerleader or, you know, I guess an anti-cheerleader who's just going to come in here and just say, this fucking place sucks. <laughs> you know, I don't know why people need to do that. I don't know why he has to humiliate them uh, because it's a business and they're doing the best that they can and maybe they're making a lot of mistakes because they're getting lazy. Maybe they don't want to work at the bar anymore. They lost motivation because they figured they're not making as much money as they wanted. People are getting older. We're getting tired. We don't want to do all this stuff anymore and we're not going to run the business. But I don't know what else to do. So why don't we just call in John Taffer? And what is he going to do? Well, he's going to come in and he's going to try to encourage you guys to keep on going. And he's going to find some hidden secret inside yourself to unleash. That way you can then feel free from all the chains that binded you in your life. And then you're going to go off and you're going to run a business. And it's going to go pretty well for a while. And then you're going to get tired of that and it's going to go away again. I mean, I don't. I just don't know. Like, I I feel like so. So so John Taffer and his crew come in. He they, they pump a little oxygen into the into the tank there, and then they leave. They don't stay there for uh, maybe two months and work a place out. They, they they stay there for like three days, and they they come and they leave. I mean, yeah, you're you're showing us these cool little tactics, like you're rebuilding a bar and you're adding all this new technology and you're telling a guy how to pour a drink. You know that that that's what you're doing. And that's all well and good. You're really helping society. But the thing is, is that what good is that when you don't stay there longer? People need to learn the skill. It's a, it, it's a, it's a habit. It's a, running a business is nothing I know anything about. But I would imagine that you have to stay consistent and you got to stay motivated and you got to stay on top of things. And if you get lazy with stuff, I feel like it probably just it, it, things start to fall, crumble. You know, when everything starts to unravel. So you need to be, you need the stamina. And it's hard. So people running this business, you know, give them a fucking break, you know. Not everyone's an expert business runner, you know, and, and in the sense that they make so much billions of dollars. But some of them, 
You know, they put their goddamn effort into things, and it just it's tough out there. So you got to give them some slack. Like, look, John Taffer, you're coming in here, you know, in your in your in your Chevy Suburban, and you're driving around places, stalking them for days at a time before you actually go in there and mess with the courage to embarrass them in front of their own people. You don't even live in this fucking town. You're gonna you're like dropping a bomb on these people, and then you're just gonna walk out. Like, let the drama ensue. Uh, by the way, guys, you're eating raw fucking hamburgers. Yeah, this fucking guy right here, Walter, yeah, he thinks he's the owner of this snazzy place. Well, here's the situation. He's fucking feeding you guys uncooked meat. And he's been doing it for 16 days. So what do you think is going to happen? Like, he's turning his fucking, like, home crowd against him. That's shameful, man. You can't do that stuff. You can't be that shameful. But whatever, you know, he comes in. John Taffer. He comes in with his uh, his fucking, you know, his, he always has a blazer. He always wears a blazer. I love this guy. But, like, how is he supposed to understand the people working their asses off? I, I feel like his business is he's a consultant or something, you know? And maybe, he you know, he's he's responsible for successes of bars that are already kind of doing well. I think he just put his money on some already well-provided and well uh, well-off bars. But I don't think that he really... I don't know. He did some work. I, mean, I don't know this guy. It's unfair for me to just bitch at him about it. But he he has experience. But in this show, he doesn't do anything but consult and provide advice. And I think that's wonderful. But, like, is he really rescuing the bar? No. No, I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say the facts. You heard it here. I don't believe he's really saving these bars. I think what he's doing is making a quick opportunity. He's feeding off the week to get a nice little entertainment deal out of it because you're not going to fix a bar that's already nice. So there's no business in that. There's no entertainment. Everyone wants to see the rags to riches story, the ugly to beautiful story, the bad to good story. You know, they want to see that because they don't. I guess they don't have it in their life all the time. So it motivates them. And God, that's great. But look, John Taffer's kicking ass, man. He's saving lives. He's saving bars. And he's inspiring people. This guy can do no wrong. I think that he needs to stop doing what he's doing because he goes in there. He's only there for a couple of days. He insults the people and, and the bar. So then they kind of, how are you going to get his business now? You just insulted the market. You know, these people come in here every day and yeah, maybe they're not doing so well and they'd rather have a better place or whatever. But like you're just making them look like shit. Why would they want to come back to that bar? Like you're, you, you just fucking sabotage them. Mic drop moment, and you sabotage the bar. Now you gotta save it because you fucked it up. Maybe that's the issue. Maybe that's your shtick, you know? You fuck them up first by yelling at them and humiliating them. And then you gotta play the hero, and you gotta save the day. And hey, guys, come back. I, I didn't mean what I said about the 16 days of uncooked meat. I mean, I think if you guys come back tonight and we give you a free uh, couple of meals, I think you're gonna be alright. I think we're gonna you're gonna call it even. And when you get those bills from the hospital, uh, you tell them that I had nothing to do with it because I just—I'm a consultant. I, quite frankly, I don't—I don't have the power to make those decisions. No, I mean, like, fuck this guy. But also, I love this guy. You know, he's one of these—he's one of these guys. He just—I he, don't know what what side of the fence I am on this with the, with this guy because he doesn't help them. He runs away. 
and he goes on with his day. What you should really do is spend like a couple of weeks or a month or two and really work the business, really get to know the people, really transform them, get them into the habit. Habits take time, and you need to give them a couple, at least a month, to break the habit. You're running a business one way your whole life or whatever, your whole career, and you, you, know, you're, you don't have time to reevaluate what you're doing. No one's going to sit there and say, well, you know what, the fucking, you know, the tables can wait themselves. I got to go back into my office and channel my inner being and see where am I on the happiness scale? Am I going to be able to work uh, and rearrange the way I approach everything? You know, maybe I'm managing wrong. Maybe I'm spending too much money here. Maybe I, I mean, this is a lot of stuff. There is time for reflection, but there's not a lot of time for this kind of shit, you know? There's not enough time for this. And I think that you got to give these guys a break. But if you're going to help them, you know, you're going to help them. You got to really train them. You got to really you got to really help them for like a month or two. They'll get better and then you can let them fly and that's it. You know what I mean? Pick a couple of bars maybe in one city, one location, and work them both, you know, work them both for like 2 or 3 months and then you get the fuck out of there, go to another city. Like what are you doing? You go in there for a fucking layover practically. And you're like, hey, I hear you have a bar. Uh, there's a bar here. Oh, it's called the Cats in the Cradle. Okay. Oh, and you serve milk. You're serving different varieties of milk at a, at a bar that's open till 2 a.m. But you're not serving alcohol. Interesting, interesting. Let me see. Give me five minutes. I'll see if I can talk to my team. We'll get a camera crew out of here. They're probably already there waiting uh, outside your fucking office door, your bar, because they are in their SUV already. So they're just waiting for me. They're waiting for me. But I'll, give me five minutes. I'll, I'll mull it over with my crew, and we'll see uh, you know, what we can do about saving your bar. Uh, the cat's in the cradle. Well, I think we could do some damage here. I think we could really, really save your business. So just give me five minutes. Okay, so I talked it over, all right? I think we're going to be able to do your show. We're going we're gonna to save this fucking bar, okay? And what we're going to do in exchange for that, we're going to put you on uh, episode six, all right? Episode six, season 27, perfect spot for you, okay? It's it's just about Halloween time, so the cats, low, they, their favorite holiday is Halloween. So we're doing a cats in the cradle situation here. I think we could sell the shit out of this. Let's go get them. All right. You know that, that that's the show about saving a uh, saving a uh, uh, you know and you got to go there what and, and and you're gonna end up giving them listen guys you're gonna serve milk expired milk two percent milk god damn it it's 2022 we should be serving them almond milk oat milk is the fucking future that's your problem right there you're serving two percent milk. And you know what else you can do? You can serve some peanut butter and jelly. All right, guys, we fixed it. We fixed the problem, all right? They're going to serve peanut butter and jelly. They're going to offer oat milk. This bar is going to be fantastic. The cat's in the cradle. And what we're going to do is serve everything in a silver spoon. And that's it, right? That's the end of the episode. Uh, The place would not have survived without my expertise so i appreciate you i appreciate myself more than i do of you because i am john taffer and i make the mistakes to fix the mistakes that way i look good and you just are a victim of my uh, assault slash resolutions thank you so that brings me to my next point uh i do get a kick out of uh, these types of makeover shows because it is fun to watch um home remodel shows 
or uh, restaurant remodeling, re renovating shows. Uh, you know, it's good to see that. I just I like to see that. I think it's kind of fun, and it's interesting to me. I don't know. That's the kind of stuff that I get into. Uh, but whatever it is, right? So I am always like frustrated with these shows because they always build their own pressure. What I mean is, like, okay, home remodel show, right? Zombie homes, I think it's called. Zombie house flipping, something like that. And and it's a great show. I, I, I do like it. It takes place in Orlando. It's a group of people that uh, get involved and do their thing. And it's good. It's a good show because they're just fixing homes. And their shtick is pretty cool. And they have a good relationship uh, with each other. So it kind of adds to the excitement of of the show. Uh, so that's one show. But they always like, they always, they, they, they buy homes, they flip them. That's what they do. And that's not uncommon with a lot of these shows. But the thing I find that's really stupid, in my personal opinion, is that they always put their own timeline. Every every show, every one of these shows, Restaurant Impossible, Robert Irvine, another good show. I, th- I think it's a great show. I think it's a fantastic show. Baker Brick. It's a good show because it has to do with, like, uh, um, you know, sweets. Uh, not, not candy shops, but more like uh, pastry shops and things like that. So it's another great show. Another great Let Me Fix You show. And uh, here's how we're going to do that emotionally and physically. And uh, we're also going to make your food better. So we're going to basically do everything for you. All you got to do is keep that autopilot moving and listen out for some signals every now and again and see if we can, uh, you know, help you any further. So I believe that these shows do make things better for everyone. But I don't understand why they put their own timeline on things. They're always like, ah, shit. We got ten days to do this whole thing, and it's gonna this assignment, redoing all the tile and the piping. That's gonna take at least twelve days. That's what the guy's fucking saying. Twelve days. So now I have to figure it out. Are we gonna have enough time? No, we're not. We're overdue uh, by two days. How are we gonna do this situation? How are we gonna do the tiling and fix all this with the plumbing in time for the ten, uh, the eleven day fucking timeline? that I put on myself and nobody else had anything to do with it. But I created my own timeline, and I need to meet my own deadlines because if I don't meet my own deadlines, absolutely nothing will happen, but I will look like a fucking idiot on this television show. So let's make this shit happen, all right? Forego the tile, put the piping in, we're going to have an open fucking wall concept, and this bathroom's going to look like nothing else before. People will get to see how the fucking pasta is made, and it's going to be great. I don't, I don't think that's a really reasonable idea. I think you can just tell... Nobody knows. No one's holding you to these guidelines. These, 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 these deadlines are yours. You created them, and you can change them. Your budget is always yours. They always ah, we're going to go over budget. You know, we have we have a $85,000 renovation budget. We've already spent 44000 of it on the outside pool area along with the attic space we made that into a larger attic put a couple of closets in there and now we got an organized situation i think it's going to help with the market value we now only have forty one thousand dollars left and i know he wants to now get this fucking you know refrigerator changed and the kitchen uh replastered with backsplash and also just get rid of the kitchen island altogether and kind of create a different situation here. All that's going to cost at least $35,000, leaving us with only $6,000. If one thing goes wrong with this house, we're fucked. Our budget is fucked. What are we going to do? Well, I don't know. Ah, shit. 
Oh, what are we gonna do? We got we got a we got a twelve day problem with only eleven days to fix it, and we only have six thousand dollars. And if something goes wrong, what are we gonna do? We gotta cut some kind of corners somewhere in order to create that little space. Oh, we're gonna have to push back our open house. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'll talk to the realtor. The realtor will talk to the future buyers or whoever, and they will fucking fix the whole thing. Done. All right, good. We pushed it back to 13 days. So that way we can get our 12-day problem fixed with one day to spare. It's going to be a close one. All right, Debbie. <laughs> I don't know. They always, some of these shows, they just have like, a, like, like they have different realtors for every episode. I don't really understand that. If it's the same company, you would think they would use the same realtor, but maybe, maybe it doesn't matter. I don't know. Different territories, I guess. So they always say somebody, like, oh, I, I'm just using Debbie. Debbie. You're going to sell this fucking house. Well, you better do it because we need to make big money. We spent a lot. We went over budget. We went over $17,000 over budget because you had to get the fucking solar panels added. But I think overall that was a good move. But we're we're now in the hole for 17000 So we got to make at least $80,000 in order to uh, break even. Something like that. I don't know. They bought the house for 212000 They had an $85,000 budget. So they want to profit about... Uh, seventy thousand. So they basically need to sell this fucking house for three fifty. So Debbie's gonna go out there and sell this house for three fifty, while we sit at home and and, and shaking our legs and and, and hoping and uh, tapping our fucking fingers against the side of the chair, and we're just like, all right, are we? Uh, is he gonna sell it? Is she selling it? She's selling it. She's gonna sell it. She's gonna sell it. She's the greatest. We signed her. She's the best. Ah, oh, shit. She better sell this fucking house. I, I don't know what to tell you. This is this is big shit, man. We, we gotta... This is big shit because, I mean, you know, I want to send my kids to private school, and, and and if we don't sell this fucking house, how am I going to do that? They've always wanted to go to private school since they they were, you know, three months old, and they can make their own decisions influenced by us, you know? Always wanted to go to private school. So now we gotta get this. We gotta sell this fucking house. All right, all right. Let's see. We needed three fifty. All right. Ah, oh, Debbie, call. Oh shit, it's Debbie. Debbie, what do you got for us? All right, all right. Whoa. Okay. So the the results are in, guys. So we needed, like I said, man. We were seventeen thousand dollars under the budget. We had we we had spent over our our limit there, and we needed to sell this house for three hundred fifty thousand dollars in order to get our uh, break even. And what did we sell it for? Whew. Somebody bought the house for $498,000. Wow. That's $148,000 higher than my expectations. Who would have thought? Oh, my God. The end of the episode. Kids go to private school. <laughs> they fucking graduate from community college, and then they become bartenders at the Bright Star Tavern. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I think that they don't need to put the timelines on. They don't, they don't need to do all that because... It's sort of a waste of time, but you're adding these these little key these key little points that they make in these episodes. All these little things that they're saying, and the way that they're saying it, and the way that everything looks. You ever notice that? You ever notice that when they when they they're doing the renovation, and they do the before and after. Sometimes they'll do the before in this dingy filter. So not only is it like not a hundred percent clean, but the filter makes it look even worse. But when you do the after, it's like it's clean, it's respectably clean. But then they add the extra filter, make it even cleaner. This is the trick. Everyone does it, right? We all do it, and it's all right. It's all right. It's a fact, and you're making a point. 
whatever. That's what they're doing. They're making a point. You're like, whoa, it's much, much cleaner. It went from being a dumpster fire to a palace. Wow. All the way, the whole distance from one end of the spectrum all the way to the other end of the spectrum. In a, an 11-day timeline, folks, that was then extended to 13 days. Wow. Wow. What a fucking miracle. So, the, 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 you know, I think they just added in for effect. I don't think there's any genuinity here, but I do still think the shows are fun to watch. Uh, one other thing I wanted to say was that with uh, Restaurant Impossible, I watched an episode of that recently, and it was a good episode. Uh, he really helped this guy get through a tough time uh, with self-acceptance and self-confidence, and you like to hope that he, he makes it and uh, he grows from the experience. But, uh, you know, the restaurant was called something and whatever, you know, but he goes in there and he's fixing the restaurant, he's fixing the people. You know, he really gets his hands dirty with the people and the food, right? And what he does is he, he, cooks, uh, he cooks three meals for the owner and the chef so they can see, like, we're going to add these three meals into your uh, menu and they're going to love it. And then he cooks it for them in five minutes and he serves it to them and they fucking love it. And they're like, oh, this is going to turn tables. This is going to fucking make everyone's day. This is a heavenly food, uh, you know, bite to eat. And then they serve those things. And uh, I watched this episode, I swear. I watched it, and they served those things that he made. These were interesting things, like stuffed French toast, and uh, it was like a breakfast place. And different things. I forgot the other two things, to be honest with you, but the stuffed French toast kind of stuck with me. Uh, so I looked on the, I looked online after the, uh, the episode aired, and I watched it or whatever. I went online, like I was trying to do, to see what the updates were. I checked the menu of this place, and those items that he made that they made that day, that sold to those customers that day. They're not on the fucking menu. What is that about? I mean, <laughs> you talk about this guy or girl. Sometimes these, these, you know, it goes either way with the with the fixture uppers. Uh, but they, they, they fucking, they, they do this whole thing, this whole song and dance. And then what does it mean? Behind closed doors, you go back to normal. So why did this guy come in here like a tornado and fix the place and then leave? And then the place goes back to where it was. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. So who's really... What are we doing these shows for? What is the benefit of this? You need to get to the bottom of this. This is important stuff because this this is what kind of you know fuels our brain cells. You know, this is where we get our energy, our, our 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 information. We spend a lot of time watching TV, and it's important uh, that we are focusing on uh, the reality of what's going on here because it is their canvas. It is it is uh, society's canvas to to use as uh, a mirror for us to look at. Where are we with our lives? Well, we look at Instagram, we look at TikTok, we look at all the TV shows, all the athletes, all the stuff, all the ads, and we're looking at everything. And it's everything that we are watching and looking at are telling us things about ourselves, things about what we might need in life, things about what we shouldn't be doing, all these kinds of messages. We're just always just sharing our fucking opinions. Listen to this podcast. It's the same fucking thing. I'm saying some shit, you're listening to it, and maybe you'll think it's meaningful, maybe you won't. But you're still listening to what I'm saying. I'm still going into your fucking brain cells. And now you have to fucking find a way to, you know, categorize what I'm saying in the rest of your world. Whatever, you know, all your other thoughts. We're always saying something. We got we to gotta be prepared. We got to be aware of what we're, what we're listening to, what we're watching. And just know that it's all bullshit. <laughs> not all of it. I mean, the ideas are not bullshit. But, you know, the, 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 it's all manufactured is what I mean. Uh, you know, it's not as natural. I think we need to really understand that natural stuff is important too because we need to know where we are in life, in our natural world. 
Uh, it's we don't live in a natural world and as much as we we should. Where the hell is this podcast going? The more you know with Mark Fisher. So all right, guys, we did a good job today. I think we conquered a lot of stuff, and I think we you know we're really connecting. Reality TV is 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 a is a gift and a curse, and as long as we don't take it too seriously, I think we're gonna be all right. But I think a lot of times we uh, we lose that battle and we take it way more seriously than we should, and that we get sucked in to this wormhole of 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 meaningless stuff. It's meaningless. I mean, to the people that are involved in it, it means almost a little bit. You know, at the end of the day, they know they're doing it for a particular show, so everything's being done with the intent of you know, uh, entertainment, not so much reality of what they're going through. And I think those people who, who are in this world, who are making this money, who are doing all these, the Rochelle Stouses of the world, they are like not even a human anymore. And I don't mean that in a negative way, but they're so attached to the social media. They live most of their life on the social media, either either looking at it themselves or, or posting stuff for themselves for their fans. So like they live for the fans. That's it. They have to get to their followers so they can continue to keep their brand really, really strong. So it's not even just for them. Like They're doing it for themselves, but they're doing it for the fans. And it's the whole thing. But you never sleep. You never live. Everything you live is a, is, a, is, a, is a fucking fake life because you're not really doing it for yourself. You're doing it for people. And that's not easy to do. You know, It's not easy to separate those things. I, I, I don't know what that's like. And so I'm not going to say how easy. But it doesn't seem very easy. It seems very difficult. And we get all of our energy from this. You know, We get all of our information and our, our knowledge of the world through social media and uh, it's a beautiful thing but it's also a very painful thing we just gotta be smart that's it so uh, you know me telling you uh, working the ins and outs of these wonderful reality shows might might actually be saving the world maybe this is the uh, I'm a fucking vigilante against social media even though I watch it every time and I get sucked in just like the rest of us how many Instagram purchases have I made all of them the answer is all of them and I'll tell you I'm pretty happy with probably more than Sixty uh, percent of the stuff. And most of the time, things come out pretty well for me. I, the, these purchases have been working out. Uh, am I paying too much? Maybe I don't know. I'm not gonna look into it because I got other shit to do. But <laughs> there you go. I'm sleeping on that part of the job. All right. Somebody else can do that part. I'll watch the shows and uh, critique it, and you guys figure out the other shit. All right, guys. I love you. I take care of myself. I want you to take care of yourselves, and we'll take uh, we'll take a break. We'll go. Uh, we'll see you later. All right. Take care.